Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better. And our heart is to reach, send, nurture and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning. Why don't we pray, hey? I just wanted to, to do that before we start, before we open the Word. So, Lord, this morning we, we just lift up your name as we've taken communion together, as we remember you in our lives. Lord, we commit today to you. Lord, we could easily come and just have our own agenda. We could have our own thoughts, our own inhibitions. But Lord, we just declare this morning that you are in control. We give over anything that, we, that might be of concern, God. And we just pray that as we open your word today, as we discuss a legend uh, of, of the Bible, Lord, that you will just speak to each of us, that you'll um, speak into each of our lives wherever we're at today. And we thank you that you're here with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning if you're welcome. If you're here in the room, good morning. If you're at home online, it's great to have you here. Uh, well, we are continuing our series on legends and their legacies. And so uh, we wanted to take a few weeks and just talk about the legends that we see in the Bible. And so this morning, I'm going to be talking about David. Wayne talked a little bit about Abraham last week and the, the, the faith that we see in his life. And I wanted to talk about David today, but it's interesting as we start to look at legends, and maybe you've got a certain person that you think about in Scripture that might be a legend to you. And the legend might be what they did or who they were or some amazing act that took place in Scripture. And, and I think it's easy for us to, to put people up on this pedestal, even that we see in Scripture, which is what the Bible is about, but I want to talk to us a little bit today about the, I guess, the humanness, the nature of who these people were. And it's easy for us to forget that they were just people like you and I. You know, these, these people that we see in Scripture were, were, were everyday people. And I think over a period of time, as we've read Scripture, we almost somehow forget their human nature, their humanness. And, and I have no doubt throughout the, the history of the world since God created the world, since Jesus came to this point now, there's been many, many, many people that have followed Christ, that have followed God and been a great example to what he would intend for our lives. We, we just get to read about a few of them. I think if we actually took everyone's stories, we'd be reading for decades and hundreds of years of all the different things that people have done. But for whatever reason, God took a number of people's lives and he highlighted them to us. You know, God used everyday, normal, flawed people like you and I. We're all flawed, some of us more than others. You know, like who says YouTubes? You know, like... <laughs> What, how old is that? That's like old person talk, isn't it? <laughs> He's still laughing. That's good. We're good friends, Jared and I, so I can get away with it. But hey, look, we think about the legends that you see in Scripture. Noah, uh, you know, he got drunk and he appeared to his sons naked. No son wants to see their father naked. 
Um, it, Moses didn't want to, to speak in public and he was apprehensive and, and he ended up, you know, not trusting in God and he hits the rock a couple of times and that actually caused problems for him down the track. Elijah ran and hid in the cave like a scared little child uh, away and, and he wasn't trusting in God. You know, Peter denied Jesus. Paul, before he came to a point of revelation of Jesus coming into his life, was out killing Christians. And somehow God used these people still to do his work. And they're the people that we see highlighted throughout Scripture. You know, I think the, the acknowledgement of these people actually does multiple things, but one of the key things is it's about recognising the nature of God in these people. It's not so much about what they did, but it's about what God did through them and in them. And we have the opportunity for God to do something in and through each and every one of us. You might look at David, you might look at Abraham, you might look at all these people and you go, how is it possible for me to be like that? You don't have to be like that. God has made you to be who you are meant to be. But what we can learn through these legends is actually to see the incredible nature of God, what he does in and through them and how he uses flawed people like you and me. The legacy isn't just about whether they killed a lion or a bear or parted a sea. It's about what God did in and through them. You know, when we, we look at David's life, he's an interesting guy. Uh, we, we see him as a young man. He, he's called into, uh, to be king. But if we actually see him as a legend, it, it's an interesting thought to unpack his life. And we get an incredible insight into David's life. Unlike many people that we see in Scripture, there's a rawness. There's a, just an unpacking of his life. Often we don't see that for many people in Scripture. And you can read about it First and Second Samuel, Chronicles. You can just see his life unpacked. And also, David wrote many of the Psalms that we read. So you read through uh, the Psalms and we're just seeing an outpouring of who he was. His life was unpacked and we get an insight to his life, his thoughts, his emotions, his struggles, his conversations with God. I think many people, even non-Christians, would be familiar with David and Goliath, that story. You know, we even hear in, in the business world or in media, it's, it was a David and Goliath moment, you know, where the little guy wins against the big guy. And there's this understanding of certain things of David's life. We might see him as a mighty king, a warrior, whoever he, uh, you know, he went through all these different battles and wow, he's an incredible guy. And he, as a young man, killed a lion and a, a bear and, and wrestled them. However, I think if we were to elevate David with the same characteristics as we, as we see in today's life, we'd actually question whether we should put him on a platform. We should question whether we actually, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but what I'm, our filter in life is, well, if someone does something wrong, they're gone. And if we look at David's life, he was actually a murderer and an adulterer. And we tend to forget that sometimes, that we, would we put someone on a platform, would we elevate them as a legend in our life if they'd done those things that David did? But yet somehow God still used him. 
somehow God still was able to bring redemption. And, and this is what I'm talking about, that God actually uses people and he demonstrates to, to us through people their humanness, their brokenness, actually bringing to a point of redemption, which is so encouraging for our life. You know, Jesus, uh, sorry, David um, was an adulterer. He, you might have heard the story where he, he was meant to be out at war. The scripture said when kings go out to war, he was there in the palace. So what was he there doing? But he, he's looking out over the, um, over the courtyard and he sees Bathsheba there and he lusts after her, ends up having um, relations with her, commits adultery and organizes for her husband to be murdered. And yet somehow God still elevated this man and Jesus came generations later through the line of David. How does that work? Well, there's a few things I want to highlight to us today about David's life. There's so many things that we could learn and we could spend days, probably many weeks talking about David's life. But the first thing I want to look at today was his calling. God called him from being a young man. So Samuel, and you can read about that in the book of Samuel, he was a prophet. Uh, King Saul was the, the, the king at the time. And God said, I need you to anoint the next king. You may be familiar that, that Samuel goes to the house of Jesse and Jesse lines up all his sons there. And he says, oh, well, here's all my sons. They, they're going to be, one of them will be the king. And Samuel goes through and no, not this one, not that one. And he actually says this scripture, he says in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, he says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at their heart. So Samuel's looking at all these sons and he gets to the point, he goes, they're not here. And God's spoken to Samuel and said, hey, I'm not looking for whether someone is tall and handsome or they have the, the right build or whether they seem like a king. I'm looking at what's on the inside. And when it comes to legends and when we see legends in Scripture, I think even though we don't have a physical picture, we can put this this mould into what a legend is and we forget that God actually sees their heart. He sees our heart. And Samuel says in, in verse 11, he says to Jesse, are, all these the son, uh, are these all the sons that you have? And Jesse replies, there is still the youngest, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. What are you laughing for? A bit like myself. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. God saw his heart. He had a destiny and a purpose for him. It didn't matter what he looked like. It didn't matter what he'd done to that point, but God had anointed him. 
He saw his heart. And I think in our world, if we put this in our context, we, we, we just forget the, the flawed humanness of the people that we read about and we forget that God's actually looking at our heart. That, that's what matters the most. We might look at someone else in our life and go, well, hey, they're an amazing person. I can't be like them. Well, you're not meant to be like them. You're meant to be how God's created you to be. He, he, we've got to work on our heart. We've got to work on our character. But we're not about comparing ourselves to others. God knew his weaknesses and his flaws. The crazy thing is God would have known what was going to happen in the future, but he chose him anyway. He chose him anyway. And God sees things often that we can't see or even others can't see. His father didn't even feel worthy for him to be brought to be lined up. So God has a calling for each of us. The second thing, and we see an incredible relationship that that David has with God. We should work on our character. Yes, we should aim to be like Jesus. But I love the humanness that we see in David's life and his relationship with God. You know, I've recently been talking with a couple of people and um, it's just amazing to think that we have an opportunity to just tell God how we're feeling. But I think many times we go, well, I can't be honest with God. I can't just get angry with God. But we see in David's life, this up and down of his relationship where he's like, God, you're amazing, you're awesome. And then God, I suck you. What have you done to me? We think we live in this place where we, have, we can't be real, where we can't be honest with God. In two Psalms, and, and we don't have time today to go through them all, but just go and read Psalms and we go from one extreme to the other. Just two examples, Psalm 7 verse 1. It says, I come to you for protection, O Lord, my God. Save me from my persecutors. Rescue me. If you don't, they will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. So here's David in a place of fear and seeking God's protection and, and worry. And then Psalm 9, he says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of the marvelous things you have done. I'll be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Here's this contrast. And we see this in David's life. I reckon it would have been really hard to live with. Wouldn't he? It would have been an emotional roller coaster. That's why he had so many wives, I reckon, because they just wouldn't have put up with him. Just stay away. But his life was raw. He was vulnerable with God. And that's how we should be living. We should be in a place where our prayer life to God is like, God, I'm going through this challenge. Not pretend it doesn't exist. Not be like in this place where we just ignore it. But cry out to God, God, why am I here in this place? But it's okay then to be like, God, you're awesome and you're amazing and things are going good at the moment. God knows our heart anyway. But let's be in a place where we're open and honest and we're, we're prepared to voice our feelings. I think we try and disconnect our feelings and emotions sometimes with how we relate to God, how we speak to Him. Oh, I'll just, I'll put that over there because I shouldn't feel upset. 
You know, we, we should have faith. We should be believing the promises of God. But at the end of the day, we're still human. Let's be honest and real and raw with him. The next incredible thing that we see in David's life is the redemptive nature of God. I, I thought about just spending time on this today, but we, we could spend so much time looking at how God journeyed David's sin. And actually, that's a, a real picture of what Christ has done for us. It's one of the most incredible components of David's life, I think. Put aside the things that he did in war and killing Goliath and bears and lions and all the different things that David did. But David has slept with Bathsheba. He's committed adultery and he's organized for her husband to be killed. Who knows that's pretty dodgy. Yeah. And in those times, in by the law... The punishment for those things was death. There wasn't Christ. Jesus hadn't come yet where David could go to God and say, well, please forgive me. And ultimately, by the law, he should have died. But we see this redemptive story unfolding where Samuel actually, um, in 2 Samuel, David comes to Nathan, who was a prophet, and he the Holy Spirit has convicted him. Remember back when Jesse anointed him, it said the Holy Spirit was with David from then on. So unlike us, the Holy Spirit's living with us all the time. David had the Holy Spirit living with him and not everyone had that. But in 2 Samuel 12, it says this, then David confessed to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. So Bathsheba had actually become pregnant and they were going to have a child. So, so God actually provides forgiveness for David's sin. And he didn't deserve it. He deserved to die. There was still a consequence because this child that was coming was going to die. So there wasn't a removal of consequence, but we see, um, we, see, we see God forgive David when he could have just written him off. He chose to still forgive him. And we see David writing in Psalm 51. And we, we would, most of us would know part of this scripture, and I'm just going to skip to the end. It says, David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. You know, despite, just as the team comes, uh, despite David's sin, God choose, chose to use him anyway. God chose to, to have a legacy and his future generations would end up being with Jesus. Jesus came through the line of David and we see it in, in scripture after scripture where Jesus referred to Jesus, the son of David. So if God can use someone as flawed as this, a murder, murderer and an adulterer, surely he can use us. There's an incredible redemptive story that comes through David's life. 
And by all rights, he should have been killed. He should have ended up in death. And that should have been where it stopped. But God did something in his life that, we, that is a true legacy. In Romans 6, it says this. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried by Christ, uh, buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. David came to God and said, please forgive me. I, I want you to create a clean heart in me. God saw his heart. He saw what was going on in him. And despite these things that he'd done wrong, despite his flaws, despite his humanness, God chose to use him anyway. And I think when we look at legends in the Bible, we've got to be careful not to just say, oh, well, they did it, so it's all right for us. So just because David was a murderer and adulterer doesn't mean, well, we can do that too. Our sin and the things that we live with Christ has come and brought us grace, but we're, we're, we're meant to be becoming more like him. We're meant to be becoming more like Christ. Jesus died so that we might live in grace, but we can learn from these legends. We can learn from the legacy of David and see the redemption that comes. Finally, there was an incredible promise given to David. In Chronicles 17, Nathan's talking to David and he's got a word from God. And he says, furthermore, so David had actually wanted to take the Ark of the Covenant, build a space for it. Nathan spoken to God and God had said, no, but, but here is what the Lord says. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. And when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and he will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me. And I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my favour from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time and his throne will be secure forever. This was a long, long time before Jesus came. And if you hear in that scripture, Nathan's not just talking about Solomon, his son, any of his other generational descendants. He's actually talking about Jesus there. He says, he is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and his throne will be secure forever. Despite everything that David did and went through, God still saw fit for him to be the father of generations that would see Jesus come. He was teaching David and he was teaching us and he was teaching others the redemptive nature that was in the heart of God. The redemptive nature that we can access. 
What are our takeaways today? You know, God's got a calling and a purpose for every one of us. And He sees our heart. But if you take home nothing else today, I want us to each understand that we can be raw and vulnerable and real with God. What are you journeying right now? Are you sharing that with God? Maybe you've had a conversation with someone and you're pouring your heart out to them, but you somehow box away that from your relationship with God and pretend like He doesn't know about it. God knows everything. And I think if, if we can come to a place in our relationship with God, in our humanness, in our vulnerability, there's something powerful that will take place. We have access to that redemptive nature through what Christ did for us. But imagine if everyone of us was real and just open with God. God knows it, but what will that do for us? What will that do in our lives? What will that do as we journey through what God has purpose for us? You know, the legacy of David, there's so many things there. But I reckon the, one of the biggest things, as I said, is that, that openness, that humanness that we see in his life, the realness. What's holding you back today? What's holding you back from being open and vulnerable with God? Maybe there's something that you've, you've done, you've walked through, you feel you're not worthy Jesus came and he's brought freedom for every one of us. He's brought freedom to deal with the things in our lives that we think we're not worthy. Somehow David did all these things and yet he was worthy enough for God to use him. But God is willing and able to deal with everything in our life. We've just got to submit to him. I want to pray this morning. And maybe you're in a place, why don't we just close our eyes and and bow our heads just for a moment. Maybe you're here today and there's there's something in your life that you you just need to deal with, that you're like, hey, I'm not worthy. God, I've been holding this back from you. I'm, I'm struggling in this area. Just right now as you you're sitting there and maybe at home, Just think about that thing and say, God, I need to confess this. I need to hand it over to you. Maybe it's not a, something that you see as sin, but more just something you're holding on to that's more important than God in your life. Lord, this morning we, we lift up these things and God, I thank you that we can come to your word. We can see through the legacy of others and through the lives of others, how you worked in and through them. God, I pray that you will just do that in our lives, that your Holy Spirit, who's walking with each of us every step of the way, that the Holy Spirit will just reveal things, open our heart and our mind to the things that maybe we're putting in as a priority instead of you. Lord, as we just commit these things to you today, Lord, I pray that you help us journey them. And work through them, we pray. Thank you, Lord.
the second thing I just want to pray for this morning is I talked about the redemptive nature of God. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching us or listening today and you don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. The, the best decision you can make in your life is to have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. As we see in David's life, despite what he did, God was able to forgive him. And for us, that comes through having a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, we would love to pray with you. We'd love to journey that with you. If you're online, reach out to Laura in the chat or you can contact us via our website. If you're in the room, I'd love to pray with you today and and have a conversation about what it is to be with Jesus and to him for him to be the lord of your life. God came so that we could have relationship with him and he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we can have our sins forgiven. Lord, I thank you today that you're speaking to us. I pray that you'll be with us as we go this week in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.